What is love? Love is an action. Love is something that can't be explained, but you know it when you see it. Love is patient, but so many of us have road rage. Love is kind, but we've all said things we wish we could take back. Love is the look in that mother's eye when she finally sees her newborn baby. It's inexplainable. It seems unattainable. So why would we be called to a standard that's impossible to reach? Love always perseveres. Love trusts. God is love. Love is not I love you. Love is I'll show you. Love is not just a word. Love is a verb. Amen. Welcome to the Harbor Worship Center and to Love is a Verb series. If you don't know me, I'm Mike Sains. I'm the lead pastor here, and uh, we are delighted to see you. You are the ones who are very uh, much on it when it comes to setting your clocks forward. Amen? And so, uh, you know, because if you miss it, you would be in the second service if you made church this Sunday at all. Are you with me? Say amen. But we're delighted to see you. I'm so stoked about last week's Next Gen Win. Uh, the 25 and down was just incredible. Couldn't believe we had that many 25 and down in our church. But hey, I'm excited for them. And uh, you saw some of the Love Week projects starting tomorrow night. We'll be in four different senior living facilities uh, you know, handing out things and uh, praying with people and singing some songs and so forth. A uh, number of things happened. Uh, also with Zion Sisters, Pastor James Payne, I've already met with him, me and Josh. I've met with him twice already. Pastor Josh met with him once. We've already gone over and surveyed the things that we're going to do. We're going to not only uh, go physically work and paint and cut grass and do some things like that and pressure wash and clean up, we're also going to help them financially. Uh, for their Easter budget. We've also opened the doors of the Harbor Leadership Academy uh, at no tuition uh, and coaching available to help. And we have sort of pledged to them that we're going to see them double on Easter Sunday or better. Amen. How many of you will agree with me that they're going to double on Easter Sunday? Amen. We have done it for five years. And so I believe we've got a track record that says we can do it. And then the key is to keep some of them people. You can keep all of them, but you can keep a lot of them. Let me dive right into this. I want to kick this series off with a message, very, very powerful message entitled Love Serves. You heard the, the, the DJ right there on the radio said love is a verb. Love has to be on display. Love is an action. It's not just something you say. So uh, I, you, if you don't get anything else, I want you to get the fact that love is a verb. My mother used to tell me something, and I thought it was kind of corny back then, but it's a lot of truth. It said, actions speak louder than words. You see, uh, love is something that is seen because it is an action. It is something that is put on display. I think of Jesus in John chapter 11 when he went to his good friend's funeral, Lazarus. Jesus was preaching in another city, and he heard that Lazarus was sick. He got an email or something, I don't know. But anyway, he heard that Lazarus was sick, and he stayed another couple days. He didn't just drop everything he was doing. He went on and finished whatever he's doing, the revival or whatever meeting. And when he got there, they said, your friend, our brother, is dead. He's dead. It's too late. If you'd have been here... And, and, and Jesus said, well, where have you laid him? He said, well, he, you know, it's kind of too late for all that because we've already wrapped him up. We've already put him in the tomb. We've already put the rock over the face of the tomb. 
And Jesus said, well, take me to him. And they took him to him, and Jesus said, remove the stone. They said, well, wait a minute. He's been dead four days and stinks. See, they believed that the spirit would leave permanently on the third day. And I, I personally think that's why Jesus waited four days. So that he could defy their belief and let them know that I have the power over the spirit to give life or not. He said, remove the stone. So he made them do what they could do. That's not in the notes. It's just for you. He made them do what they could do. So they moved the stone. Jesus stood there looking at this open doorway. And you go down. I've been down into this tomb. You go down and over and back down again to the place where Lazarus would have lain right here. Jesus outside the tomb looked. And the Bible said Jesus wept. And the people said, oh, how he loved him. <laughs> I can imagine somebody starting some gossip if he really loved him. Why did he wait four days or a few more days? But they looked at him and they saw tears running down the master's face. This action, this crying, this weeping. He's standing there. I could probably see his shoulders shaking. And maybe he reached up and wiped his eyes. And they said, oh, how he loved him. And Jesus said the immortal words, Lazarus, come forth. And as one old preacher said, I'm glad he called him by his name or every dead person on planet Earth would have got up. Hello? He said, come forth. And so love is an action. Jesus stood there that day and wept, and he cried. And it means something when you cry. Tears are a language that God understands. Even when you and I are despondent, we don't understand what's going on in our life. God understands the tears. Um, there was another place in Matthew chapter 22 where Jesus said to uh, a, a lawyer that had asked him, you know, what he needed to do to inherit eternal life. And Jesus said in Matthew 22 and 37, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Watch this. Love and action. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then if we go to uh, St. Luke's gospel to sort of balance this story and look at it, the Bible says, but the lawyer wanting to justify himself asked Jesus a secondary question and said, and who is my neighbor? And Jesus told a story. It's found in Luke chapter 10. I'm going to summarize it, but you can look later. But in Luke chapter number 10, we find the story of the Good Samaritan. The Bible said that there was a man who traveled down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among thieves. And they stripped him and beat him in the head. And they left him for dead. They took his goods. And then the Bible said that a priest come by that way, saw him, and went on the other side of the road. A Levite came by the other way, saw him, and passed on the other side of the road. Now, I want to explain this. The Levites, they were preachers. They were the ones in charge of the Levitical order. They were to keep the altar. They kept the temple, the ceremony, and all that. And, of course, the priest, he's the pastor, if you will, if I can put it in those terms. So if anybody should have stopped and helped the guy, it should have been one of those church men. And, but both of them, now I, I'm going to tell you what they probably did. The priest probably thought he's near dead. I'll be ceremonially unclean if I touch him. 
Well, if I'm understanding the correct time of the day, worship had already taken place and he didn't have to worry about it. He could have got clean. (laughs) We always got an excuse, don't we? So I don't have to get my hands dirty or to help or whatever. So the Levite could have had the same excuse or whatever, but the Bible says that this good Samaritan, here comes another man down the road, and I don't know, it don't tell us if he was a Baptist, a Catholic, a Methodist, a Church of God boy, a Semitic, I don't know what he was, but the Bible called him a good Samaritan. Now the Jews thought that that was a contradiction in terms because there could be no good Samaritans because Samaritans were half-breed Jews. They, weren't, they didn't have the pedigree. They didn't have the name. They didn't have all of that. And so how could there be a good Samaritan? But Jesus, trying to teach who was the neighbor and how that love serves, says a, 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 a guy come along on an animal. I don't know if it was a stallion. I don't know if it was a donkey. But it was his horse or donkey or whatever. And when he come by, he went straight to the man in need. He got off of his animal. He got his satchel down that had oil and wine. They used oil to put on their feet because of them cracking in the dirty, dusty roads. And they also put it on the hooves of the animals. Are you with me? And they put it on their skin, you know, the sun and all this. And, of course, the the wine to refresh them and, and so on and so forth. So here he is. The Bible says he got off and he went over to him and checked on him. And he found out that he was alive. And he gave him some of his oil and some of his wine. And the man couldn't even get up. So he helped him up. He put him up on his animal, which meant he had to walk. So here's a man that saw a man who had been robbed. He did not hoard his own goods, but he gave them away. He didn't mind being put off of his own animal so the wounded man could ride. He took of his own time and probably out of his way, and he carried him to the inn, or which is a hotel, and he took him in there, and, and, and you know how he had to do it? He had to get him off the horse and walk in with him. He had to go into the desk and tell somebody, listen, He's been hurt. He needs a doctor. I want to take care of the bill, so I'm going to leave him here with you. I got business. I got to go on out of town, but I want you to take care of him, and if he needs more than I'm leaving, put it on my tab, and I'll pay it on my way back through. Hello? And that's what he said. He was not worried about getting his hands dirty. He wasn't worried about giving up the commodities that he had. He wasn't worried about being a little bit late for some meeting. He, wasn't, he, was, he saw a man that was in need, and he understood that love says, I got to do something about it. I can't just walk by on the other side while I see somebody lying destitute. Love is an action. You see, and, and this man was a true servant, and Jesus asked this lawyer, he said, let me ask you. He said, I ask you since you asked me, and who is my neighbor? He says, which one of these three men was neighborly? He didn't say the Samaritan, he just said the one that showed compassion. <laughs> How hard it is for us to, to, to uh, come to grips with things that we don't like and that we struggle with, and they struggled with the Samaritans. But he said it was the one that showed compassion. Well, who showed compassion, might I ask? It was the Samaritan. Amen. And so we could get a a, a lesson right here. So listen, so you need to know that love is an action. Tell your neighbor, love is an action. Love is a verb. See, verbs explain action words like run. He was running. That's an action word, huh? 
you know, swim, hike, can do something. It's action. And so it's important to, for you to know that because love is more than words. Tell your neighbor, love is more than words. Love is more than just words. Some of you guys said, well, I told my wife I loved her 30 years ago. And if anything changes, I'll let her know. It don't work that way. Love must be on display. That means I have to make that coffee every morning. Kelly said it's biblical. Hebrews. Huh? So I brew that coffee every morning and have it ready for her. So... Um, but love is more than words. Love must be on display in our action. It cannot be just from our lips. Now, I want to show you something because Jesus dealt with this. How many believe when Jesus said something, it's really, really important. That's why they put his words in red. But here's the deal. A Pharisee, a Pharisee, now that was the churchy people of the day. They said something to Jesus. Uh, you know, they talked about how they loved Jesus. They talked about how, loved God, how, how much they loved the Lord. But here's what Jesus said of the Pharisees. He said, they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. You want an interpretation? Hypocrites. If your love is not on display, those words are lies. Oh, pastor, that's too strong for me. I know it, but everybody wants a sugar candy-coated gospel. But the truth is, if we can't display it, it don't happen. We don't really mean it. Amen? They asked Jesus, how much do you love us? And you know, he stretched out his arms on Calvary and died for us. Love is an action. But Jesus said, they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. There are many uh, that think saying it is tantamount to doing it. It's not equal. It's not the same. Saying one thing, that's just words. And let me mind, remind you, without an action, they are empty words. They are political words. It's just, it's just a word if there's no deed involved. Man, i got to hurry. So, so what do we have to do today? I want you to put love on display by serving. I'm going to ask everybody, by the time this thing closes, there's two desks outside. Amber's going to remind you as the closing host, the last thing we need to do today is sign up to love somebody this week. And it's not just for this week, but it's for every week. But we're going to particularly put it on display this week. So, so what do you mean? Show your love by your actions. Let me show you what James said. James chapter 2, we find some instructions concerning love. And I believe I put this in New Living Translation. I'm just going to read it. In James 2 and 14, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace and keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs. What good is it? Now, please understand, we cannot fix all the ills of the world. We can't fix all of it. And, and they're, 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 we're, we have limitations, is what I'm saying. But we have to be very careful that we don't say, well, be warm, be clothed, and be fed. And if we have the means to help them with clothes or warmth or food and just don't do it, he said, what if you helped them? Watch this. In the same way, faith by itself is not accompanied by action, is dead. 
But someone will say, well, you have faith and I have deeds. He says, show me your faith without deeds and I'll show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there's one God. Well, good. Even the demons believe that and they shudder. The demons believe there's a God and they tremble knowing that. You foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith and his actions were working together and that faith was made complete by what he did? And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness and he was called God's friend. Verse 24, you see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. So you are judged by how you live, not how you talk. So you say, well, I'm a member of the harbor. Well, big deal. You live like hell all through the week and everybody sees it. They know you're a child of Satan. Hello? Membership, partnership, or any other ship can't save you. It takes the blood of Jesus Christ. And if Jesus Christ lives in your heart, you're going to change your action. You're not going to be a mean-spirited old prude. Amen? If somebody does you wrong, you are going to do your best to turn the other cheek. You're going to go the extra mile. Love is a verb. Well, let me move on. You see, the same way that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. Verse 25. In the same way was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead also. So in other words, love without works, love without display is dead. So, wow. Man, man, oh man, I'm having a good time. So, why is it that you need to, to, to do something? Why do you need to put your love on display? I'm glad you asked. It is the only proof that you meant what you said. <laughs> I said it's the only proof that you meant what you said. You ever had anybody say, well, I'm going to give you $1,000. One day you get sick of hearing that and you want to see not the check. You want to see the electronic transfer nowadays. Or you want to see the bones, amen? You want to see in your hand. You want to see the duckies, the cabbage. Huh? You're tired of hearing that one day I'm going to give you a car. Well, let's go down to the Chevrolet place or whatever. Huh? Let's, let's do something. You get sick of hearing, I'm going to give you this. I'm going to give you that. Do it. I love you. Show it. So there are those who feel like I have spoken it, I've told them it's good. Listen, the only proof that you're not lying is what you're doing. So watch this. In just a moment, I'm going to ask everybody to stand up. How many of you love God? Everybody's going to raise their hand. And then I'm going to find out how many of you really mean it when you walk out and you either sign up or not. Now I'm going to show you something. Here's something else. Here, you got to get this. Signing up. Is like talking. It says, I'm going to the nursing home. I'm going to pick up trash on the highway. I'm going to Pastor Payne's church. That's words. Showing up and serving is on display. That's actually doing it. Wow. Well, um, let me try to tie this up. If spoken love is not accompanied by heartfelt action, it is a lie. Mm. 
It's not love at all. It may attempt to impress someone with a nice speech, but if there's no corresponding action, it is just empty words. It's no more than the words of a Pharisee who flattered with their lips and lied with their tongues. Wow. So, so how can... Uh, how can I keep this on my mind? Well, it's one of our core values. In, in Mark, here's what the Bible says. Jesus was talking about serving, Mark 10, 41. He said, when the ten other disciples heard that Jesus and John, or James and John had asked, they were indignant. They were asking about, can I sit at your right hand and left hand? So Jesus called them again and said, you know the rulers in the world, they, love to, they, they, they lord over people. And officials flaunt their authority over those that are under them. They walk around like the cock of the walk, you know. They just, they want everybody to know who's the boss, who's in charge. That's what Jesus said. He said, you got to understand, James and John was asking to sit at his right hand and at his left hand. And so he's trying to tell them, this ain't about sitting as close as you can sit to the boss. Huh? There's a lot of people that say, man, if I could just sit by him, or if I could get up beside this one, or get up beside that, and Jesus is saying, listen, that's what the world seeks after, is position and titles. He said, but if you really want to show the love of God, pick up a towel. After supper that night, Jesus girded himself with a towel, and he began to wash his disciples' feet, and Peter said, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus said, if I don't wash your feet, you have no part or lot in this ministry. Peter looked at him and said, Lord, not only my feet, but my hands and my head also. Love is a verb. So here's what Jesus said, verse 43, but among you it'll be different. You ain't going to be searching, he says, for prestige and power and, and a high seat. Whoever wants to be leader among you must be a servant. <laughs> Verse 44. And whoever wants to be first among you must be a slave to everyone else. Say that again, Pastor. I think I will. Whoever wants to be first among you must be a slave to everybody else. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Wow! Isn't that crazy? Where are the men like Isaiah who said, Hear my Lord, send me? Where's the men like Ezekiel that said, I'll stand in the gap and I'll make up the hedge? Where, where is the one that said, I'll go? Paul, when they, they beckoned for Paul to come to Macedonia, he said, I'll go. Where is that person that says, I'll love that unlovable? Where's the one that says, I'll give up my ride so he can? Where's the one that says, I'll give up my comfort? And I'll do what I can to show the love of God. And I'm going to tell you, you want to speak the language? Of everybody, I don't care if you have their dialect or not, love on them. I'm telling you, I've been to Guatemala for three times. I go back in October. We built a house, and I can I know very few words of the Spanish language, and very few phrases. But I know what tears look like. I know what gratitude looks like. And you know what they saw? They saw a church that loved them enough to say, we're going to build this, ain't going to cost you a dime. We'll send 12 people down here and pay for them and pay for you. And we're going to take care of you. Why? Because we just want to be the hands and the feet of Jesus Christ. And there's never been a day 
like the day we leave and they embrace us and they just love on us and they just think the world you know why because we didn't just say we love y'all down there praying for you we got together and flew down there and done something about it and I'm not saying you got to go here and yonder to do it you can do it right here home but where's the Isaiah's where's the Ezekiel's where's the people that says let's do it would you stand with me right now just by with heads bowed and eyes closed just give me just a moment who would say in this building pastor I want my love to be on display this week can I see your hand I want my love to be on display this week thank you because so many times our display does not match our words there's nothing that ticks you off probably more than to get a sales paper uh, for your favorite store whatever it may be ladies it might be a dress shop uh, it, you know it might be Kohl's or whatever brothers it might be uh, you know Sears or you know you saw something and they had an advertisement and this product was supposed to be so great and then you got there and they did not have it and what's worse is they wouldn't give you a rain check they wouldn't even tell you that we can get it next week and you walk away mad and disgusted because they said they had something they didn't have God forbid that his church market to the world something with our lips that we do not have how dare we say something that we are not how dare we act like we have something that we do not so I want to encourage you don't just say it show it father in the name of Jesus pray for everyone right now in the name of Jesus Lord that we would not only say it but we would understand that love serves like our Savior served in Jesus name amen